Good morning to you and welcome as we come to the fifth in our series of What Matters to God. Our topic for today is care for the poor. And I want to start by reading from Psalm 41 and verse 1. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble the Lord delivers him. This has been a topic I've been thinking about for quite a bit over the last uh, weeks or two. On the 21st of March, in the middle of the loo roll buying panic, uh, somebody from another New Frontiers church uh, tweeted, uh, John the Baptist on stockpiling, Luke chapter 3 verse 11. Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. Now, when I read that, I understood what this person was getting at. But on the other hand, I thought, hmm, I'm not quite sure that's really all there is to that verse. And so I've been thinking about it over the time. I'm still trying to get my head around uh, this topic and it challenges me more and more. But when we look at the Bible, there are lots of examples of how God cares for the poor. As the people of Israel enter Canaan, the intention was that there wouldn't be any poor. But the laws God gave recognised that people could become poor and need protecting. So in Leviticus and chapter 25, we find at verse 35 the following words. If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall support him as though he were a stranger and a sojourner, and he shall live with you. Take no interest from him or profit, but fear your God that your brother may live beside you. You shall not lend him your money at interest, nor make him give or give him your food for profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. So we see here that recognising the needs of the poor is one of the ways we actually recognise that God has provided us with what we need have. As the people went into Canaan, they had received freedom, they had received salvation from slavery. But as they did so, they were never to forget that it was God who'd done it for them. And one of the ways of showing that was caring for the poor. And in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, we're also told, or the people of Israel were told, not to harden their hearts or shut their hands against their poor brothers. This continues throughout the Bible, and in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7, we find the following. A righteous man knows the rights of the poor. A wicked man does not understand such knowledge. I think that's something we can recognise ourselves, that there are some people who almost instinctively, or because of what God's done in their lives, know what needs to be done for the poor, but other people who just cannot see it because their way of thinking is not in tune with God's way of thinking. Jesus frequently upended traditional thinking about wealth. But the example I want to read comes from his meeting with Zacchaeus. This can be found in Luke in chapter 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. 
he was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. One thing I think is important to notice here, that Zacchaeus was not giving to the poor as a way of paying back his earlier fraud. Because he's offered to pay back those he's defrauded four times. Giving to the poor was a result of his change in his life in meeting Jesus. As Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. So, meeting Jesus, receiving salvation from Jesus, results, or should result, in us caring for the poor. The reason we do that is not because, as a gain, it's not because we want to pay back in any way, not because we want to give ourselves credit. Or if we are paying back, in, it's in the sense it's a rather low level of payback for all that Jesus and God has done for us. We see that with the people of Israel going into the promised land and we can see that here with Zacchaeus, that when he is saved, he there's a change in his heart and he's then willing to give to the poor. The need to remember the poor in the church was reinforced by James in his letter in chapter 2, where he says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the man who wears the fine clothing and say, sit here in a good place, or you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, then you have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor man. Are not the rich ones the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? It's very easy for us to always fall back into a situation where we're looking at those who are rich and those who have got power and thinking, ah, but they, if we can get them on side, somehow that will be much better for the church. But James is reminding us that the poor are just as important. 
that we should not be thinking in the way the world thinks in terms of riches and poverty. But getting back to my starting point with John the Baptist, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And actually if we take the other part of the verse, and whoever has food is to do likewise. I find this a very, very challenging verse. How do we actually interpret it ourselves? Because I think generally, if I think about it for myself, I don't think about it as whoever has two tunics should share with him who has none. I tend to think of it in terms of whoever has 12 tunics should share the one he no longer really wants with none. After all, if you only have two tunics, presumably you're wearing one and one is getting washed or dried or whatever. If you have two tunics and you share one of them with somebody else, that means you've only got one. That means you are seriously put out. You know, you're going to have to try and get your tunic washed and dried in time for the next day. It's not a case of just giving what you've got spare. It's giving things which, in a sense, you need, but you could get by without. Which puts a slightly different uh, view on stockpiling. Because when we stockpile, we're thinking, oh, we're going to need all of this in the future. Or John the Baptist is saying, well, actually, don't think so much about the future. Think about now. What do you need now? What can you actually give now? As I say, I find this extremely, extremely challenging myself. Because I know most of the time that when I give... I'm giving what is spare and what doesn't actually really have an impact on my day-to-day -day living. This is a challenge to us. But if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to look at the challenges he makes seriously. And, as I've said already, we give because Jesus has already given so much to us. How we apply what we said, I'm to be honest, I'm really not sure. It's something I need to keep thinking about. It's something we all need to keep thinking about. But when Jesus does challenge us with giving to those who are in need, let us do it with an open heart. Let's not close our fists and think, oh, I might need that myself in a year's time or two years' time. We have a loving Heavenly Father who cares for us. So if we give now, we can trust him for the future. Let's pray. Lord, I have to confess that I don't really like what I've just been saying. Because it is difficult, it is a challenge to me. I like to think that I've been good in giving what I can spare. So Lord, I do ask for myself 
and for all of us in the church and for all who are listening into this. Lord, open our hearts that we are willing to give to those in need. And Lord, draw to our attention those to whom we should be giving at this time and in the future. Amen.